Hey, self-improver, a better world starts with a better you. So let's take another step toward your best self today. This is our first live Better Together community call. I'm very excited to share this unique opportunity with you. We don't need to be alone on our self-improvement journeys. In fact, we can accelerate our own personal development by utilizing the perspective, accountability, and inspiration we can draw from others. That is what the Better Together community is all about. And in these live calls, we can meet other like-minded people who are also committed to their self-growth. We can ask questions to experts and leaders in their space, and even share your story to the full podcast audience. Today's topic is turning pain into power. And we brought back Heather Monahan to tell us a bit about the pain in her past and how it ended up being the catalyst to her greatest opportunities. Are you ready? All right, let's do it, community. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Better Together community, where we believe that a better world starts with a better you. And yes, we can. We are live, and you can sign up to join us next time by visiting selfimprovementdailytips.com. Self improvement family, meet Heather Monahan. Heather, meet self improvement family. Heather is an incredible speaker, coach, author, and mother. Her story of standing up for herself, taking a leap of faith, and making some tough decisions in her life is inspiring and something we all get to learn from today. She recently wrote her second book titled Overcome Your Villains, and I'll make sure you get a link for that to check it all out. But Heather, welcome to the Better Together community. Ryan, thanks so much for having me. So the topic of today's Better Together call is turning pain into power. So I first want to kind of draw a connection between the pains that we experience, the lows, the emotion of that, and how we end up overcoming that. But remembering that, you know, those are kind of serving us in one certain way. So, you know, if there's anything that you've learned about that process of converting pain into Bauer and, and potentially relating it to the villains that you overcome, um, you know, what, what is that process and what do, what do pains actually do for you in your life? Oh my gosh, that's such a big question, right? So I'll give you a couple of examples because one of the most powerful ways that I know to answer a question, and I want everyone listening to know this too, is through your story, right? Stories incredibly um, empowering and interesting and you can pull people in. So anytime, if you're in a business setting, if you're doing a talk at work, you always want to launch with some type of relevant personal story that can connect to your audience. So for this question, I'll launch with this. I was fired. I had made it to the top of the top in media. I was a chief revenue officer in the C-suite, one of three females who had made it to the C-suite in corporate America and media business. And I was fired when the CEO I worked for for 14 years became ill and elevated his daughter to replace him unexpectedly. I just won one of the most influential women in uh, radio awards two weeks prior. And so I was shocked, hit a major low moment. Oh my gosh, that's an understatement, right? I went under a weighted blanket. I was crying my <laughs> eyes out. I had no idea how I'd pay my bills. I'm a single mother. You know, it was a really low moment for me and I did not know what forward looked like. So at the time, if someone had said, you know, your biggest struggles could be your biggest um, pivots into success, I would say you're crazy, maybe for somebody else, but not for me. This is horrible, right? Because when you're in it, it's really hard to see what may be beyond it. And it's funny, I remember back, I had a couple of very wise older friends call me and say, 
this is such a gift. You have no idea the blessing you've just been given. And I was so mad at them. No, I just lost my paycheck. What are you crazy? Like, this is not a gift. That's how I felt in the moment. But their wisdom is now wisdom I've gained, right? And I want to share with you guys that sometimes in the throw of it, it's so hard to see what the gift could be, but that's when you have to keep on going. And so the a couple of things I'll share that I did immediately, I posted online, I have just been fired. If I've ever done anything to help you, I need to hear from you now. I asked mm -hmm. for help, right? I, I raised my hand and I asked for help. That post went viral. It landed me on the Elvis Duran show. Halfway through that Elvis Duran show, he looks at me and says, well, Heather, obviously you're writing a book, but I wasn't writing a book. I'd never even <laughs> thought about writing a book. I was a chief revenue officer. I was a sales leader. I was supposed to be in corporate America. That's the lane that I was committed to and only saw myself in. But that man in that moment spoke a truth and a belief into me that changed the trajectory of my life and my business. And I want you to know this, you have that same power within you to change somebody else's life. When you see something in them, speak it into them, speak that truth into them. Because thankfully he had the decency to do that for me that day. I jumped on a plane and I Googled, how did you write a book? And it said, <laughs> you need to sit down and write. And I had free time, I had just been fired. So I started writing and that's when my first book, Confidence Creator came from. Had no idea what I was doing, but the first week that book came out, it trumped Donald Trump for number one on the business biography list the first week it came nice. out and it just blew, it blew up. So the point is you don't need to live in one lane. You can take your talents and live lanelessly. And just because you're successful in one arena doesn't mean you can't be successful somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you shared something really interesting in that story, which is uh, first that people have such a difficult time asking for help, but that is ultimately the best thing that's going to get you out of what you're experiencing is being able to just put a hand up, put a hand out and say, look, you know, let's, let's go, let's, let's pull each other up as we climb. Right. Uh, no man left behind. So I, I love that idea, but then also there's that second component of when you are in that pain and you even mentioned that you were there when you were in that pain, you were in that low, the humility and the vulnerability of that to let yourself be expressed in that low ended up being the mechanism that converted that into your high, right? So, so what, I mean, maybe I know that you're just an action taker by nature, but what kind of advice would you give to someone who is in that despair? You know, there's the self-deprecating thoughts, the limiting beliefs, whatever that might be, you know, what can kind of click for someone who's experiencing that to say, wait, this might be an opportunity. Let me just try something and, and put myself out there. Cause it's not easy to do. It's not easy, right? But if success was easy, everybody would have it. And I mm. constantly remind myself of that. Anytime I'm having a challenging day, hang on. If success was easy, everybody would be a millionaire. Everybody would be killing it. Oh, if I keep going through the challenge, that's where my success lies, right? So just remind yourself of that. The majority of people, 93% of people aren't really that successful in business. If you want to be that top 7%, you've got to push yourself through the moments other people don't want to go through. I rely on past success as future proof that something else great will happen. Mm. So I remember sitting down and saying, well, I didn't start out as a chief revenue officer. I started out as a poor kid with a paper route. When I was 11 and then I bust tables and then I waited tables and then I bartended. You know, I reminded myself my trajectory didn't start out at the top. That was never how it arrived for me. It happened through hard work, perseverance and showing up every day in this belief that I could why couldn't I leverage that same 
experience and knowledge and now apply it to, okay, I'm, I'm a beginner again. I'm starting over. Mm. I made it to the top. Now I'm starting over at the beginning, but maybe I have more strength and more clarity because of what I built before. Maybe I can build it again faster this time. Maybe mm. I can find success faster. And maybe this time it's really more meant for me because I'm more evolved as a person, right? So, you know, take those action steps. In my new book, I write about a three-step process to overcome adversity, beliefs, action, and knowledge, which we can get into later if you want to. But the number two most important step is take action. It doesn't matter if it's the smallest step where you're just updating someone, hey, you know, I'm going through a hard time right now and need some help, or maybe it's broadcasting live to all your social media, or, you know, maybe it's updating your resume. It, it doesn't matter the action step. What matters is that you're taking action to keep yourself moving forward so that you can say one year from now, wow, I can reflect back and say I was in a bad spot, but I've moved myself out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I know you, you had a really, um, I mean, just a really real mentioned there, which is that you know, there's no such thing as an overnight success. You know, we feel like, oh, we need to have this figured out immediately. And if it didn't work to the full extent that we wanted it to, then it's a failure. But it's like that never happened for anyone yet. You know, we kind of see that we see ourselves through this lens of it's got to be perfect every time because we're comparing ourselves to those who have done it. And we don't see the behind the scenes process of getting it. So I, I love that you know, it's imperfect action. It's something that gets you closer, that gets you closer, that gets you closer. And it's not going to be fixed let overnight. Me, let me interrupt <laughs> you to tell you, to, to tell you this. And I won't apologize for that because I don't believe in apologizing everybody. I believe in thanking someone for their understanding. So Brian, thank you for letting me interrupt you. I love but that. here's what I want everybody to know is this. My first book has three mistakes, three. <laughs> and I get DMs about it. People send me messages and say, oh my gosh, I hate telling you this, but did you realize you wrong aged your child in the book? Yes, I know that now. But you know what? <laughs> Speed to market is critical in success in business. That's something that I know from 20 plus years in corporate America. I'd rather have a book with three mistakes that I'm super proud of that will live on forever beyond my life that I can be on my deathbed and say, I had a great story to tell and I could help a lot of people. And I did that three mistakes and all versus being the person that is on their deathbed saying, I had this great story to tell. I could have helped so many people. I just couldn't get it perfect. Hmm. So just think about the next time you're thinking like, what is that big project you want to work on? What is that purpose, that, that moment that you have inside of you that you want to bring to life? Be that imperfect one that moves forward and says, you know what? I'm proud of me that I have it. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me of uh, Nath, who's on this call. We had a, she's always super responsive and sending me texts of like, oh, you made a mistake here or, oh, I loved this there. And it's so funny because there was one time when um, <laughs> I was recording and my partner was in the room and she coughed. And of course, like my podcast episodes aren't one takes and perfect, right? Like I've got to, I've got to edit, but I, for whatever reason, like I thought it was funny. And I left that part in apparently because I, I laughed about it and joked saying, haha, Irene, imagine if I put this in the podcast and I forgot to edit it out. And then Nath texted me that day saying, oh my gosh, that was so human of you to leave that in. You know, like everyone's a work in progress. And that's just like everyone, like everyone makes meaning of whatever you put in front of them. So instead of trying to judge your mistakes or denigrate them for, oh, this is what it's going to say about me. It's like, no, that's part of the piece, whatever you're creating, that mistake is. And you probably could rationalize by saying, yeah, you know, my book, you know, Confidence Creator is about 
you know, you're always doing something to create confidence or it's, you know, being taken away from you. And it's like, so I took action and sure I made a mistake, but I'd rather move forward than to just wait and, you know, sit on my hands. So I, I love that. Um, I love that. Um, and then now just to kind of like end this before we open up for a Q and a, but you know, I want to make this connection back to the villains, right? Your book is called overcoming your villains. The villain is the, you know, the individual, the woman that kind of kicked you out of your sweet C-suite job. And there was the politics of that. And then you were kind of at this rock bottom. Right. But I'm, I'm curious to know how you kind of define villains in your life, because they end up, if we're talking about this philosophy of they bring you to your rock bottom, which is now your greatest blessing, which is what we've learned today. Um, you know, you don't have that gratitude for them, of course, in the moment, but you know, when we're presented with villains in our life, what do you recommend we do to, to best respond to them and to kind of maintain integrity with who we want to be? Oh my gosh. You asked a lot of questions there. So a couple things. Number <laughs> one, the first question you don't apologize. Thank you, Heather, for going. Thank, you, thank you for pointing that story. out. I'll be better next time, Heather. You got it. All right. So here's the thing. When it comes to villains, right? That woman that fired me, she was a villain in my life. I'm not, it doesn't mean she's a bad person. And I don't want people to confuse that. I'm sure in her life, she's good person to a lot of people, right? Like, but she wasn't my person. She was my villain. She was good to other people. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not about who they are. It's about how they intersect with you and who you are and how they feel about you. And right. It's bigger than that. And I don't, I sometimes think people think like, oh, you made that lady out to be evil and maybe she's not evil. I've never said that. She was my villain in my story at that moment in time, which as you said, Brian, turned out to be a gift. So there are people in your life and we all have them right now. I know you, every single person has them. I saw them, right? That we can say, who is that villain in your life right now? We all know there's an obvious person that flies around with a cape. Doesn't mean they're an evil person, but they are not good for you. They are not bringing positivity to you. Maybe they suck energy out of you. Maybe they're always the taker in your life. We all have someone that we know is the obvious villain in our life, right? But then there's also the sneaky villain. And the sneaky villain is the one that you're not aware of. And you might need to start journaling about and investigating. Wait, when I leave lunch with this person, I feel worse about myself when I leave versus when I walked in. That can't be good. Wait a minute, I'm seeing it happen on repeat, right? So there's sneaky villains. There's the obvious one, there's the sneaky villains, and then there's the worst villain of all, which is the villain that lives between your own two ears. Mm -hmm. And my understanding, my experience has been, until you clear out the villains around you, you will never be able to address the one living within you. And here's why, at least in my experience, is that when, when you're surrounded by villains, whether it be at work or home or family or socially, whatever, you expound so much energy trying to prepare to respond to them, trying to prepare to how you're going to handle it. Thinking through scenarios, thinking of the negativity, you don't have time to start thinking about, wait a minute, what role do I play in this, right? Because you're, you're always on the offense, the defense. You're always coming back at things. When you finally clear that space, get rid of any toxic environment for you, get rid of any villains that are in your way, you can start sitting down with yourself to say, okay, what are the real issues that I as a person need to address? And, and when I started doing that work, I started understanding I was teaching people how to treat me. And I was always the one, oh no, I've got it. I'll take care of that. You, you can mm. count on me. I'll be the person. I was taking, I had no boundaries, right? I wasn't setting boundaries. That was an issue for me. That was a villain issue within myself that was creating a ripple effect around me. But it's until you start clearing out the villains around you, it's hard to tackle that big one inside of you. Mm -hmm. That's profound. I mean, I, 
I thought it's interesting. My own understanding of it and everyone's got their own was kind of like, oh, you, you need to kind of own your own villain. You need to understand yourself and your mind before you can truly dismiss the ones around you because maybe you don't have the confidence to do it, the courage, whatever it might be. Like it won't be a permanent solution until you, you know, get yourself right. But it sounds like it's this kind of reciprocal exchange of they're happening kind of in conjunction. You've got to do the work across the board for it all to be taken care of. So Heather, and here's awesome. the thing, it could, Brian, it could be different for everybody, right? Some people could say, I have no problem tackling the one within me that will set me up to tackle the ones outside of me. For me personally, it, my turning point was the moment that that lady fired me. She thought she fired me. I just fired my number one villain from my life and mm. amazing people started showing up in my life. And that gave me the support I needed to really take on that villain within me. Yeah. Beautiful. I recently made a career transition. I know Wayne um, recently or is soon to make a career transition. So there's a lot of change going on. Wayne, you dropped a, a question in the chat. Let's move into our uh, Q&A. Um, go ahead and unmute and uh, you know, let us know what your question is. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Heather, for doing this. It's an honor to meet you. Uh, so my question is this, as Brian alluded to, I'm, start, I'm making a career transition now. And I, like so many people, and as you would allude at the beginning of your, of your story, have trouble asking. I do not ask for help, just period, final stop. And so was there one thing that triggered you to ask for help or that turned you around to finally just cross that hurdle and say, okay, I'm not going to do it all myself. Please help me. Yeah. So there's a few things I want to respond to this because this is a big issue an obstacle in my life. This is a big villain in my life, the inability to ask for help. Okay. So I'm, and I'm giving you my experience. I'm not saying it's yours. I'm just going to share my story with you and then maybe you can relate to it. But for me growing up, I always felt less than, or something like I wasn't as good as some people in some regards. So I thought if I started asking for help, they'd see the weakness, they'd call me out and realize I'm not enough. And then I wouldn't get promoted. I wouldn't get the opportunity. Right. So for a long time, I pretended I had all the answers and I just kill myself working harder than anyone to figure it out. And it worked. I kept getting promoted and promoted and promoted. But did it really work? No, it didn't because it landed me in these wrong situations where I'm attracting the wrong people towards me because Wayne, I wasn't showing up as the real version of me. I was showing up as someone with a mask on, right? I was showing up as someone different than who I really was. And even though it was still me, it was a more polished fake version. The minute I started showing up as that real me, authentic, awesome people came in to help me like Elvis Duran and like so many uh, unbelievable people that I could never have imagined. They wouldn't have shown up had I not been vulnerable enough to say, I don't have the answer right now. I don't know what to do, but I'm in trouble and I need help. When I put that post up, that went viral. Here's why it went viral. Because so few people publicly ask for help and that is a game changer. I do it all the time now, right? When I need reviews for my book, I post, guys, I need you. Where are my people at? I love you. I'm struggling. I don't have the reviews. Immediately, people jump up to help because so few people do that. So why not step into that and claim that white space that's, what is it, you know, 2% of the population owns? Here's the thing. We feel scared. Oh, someone's going to put us down further. Someone's going to say we're not enough. Someone... But if you really feel solid in who you are, and when I got fired, I might not have been happy in the position I was, but I was happy with who I was. I remember thinking to myself, I'm not a bad, bad guy. I didn't steal from that company or harm anyone. I did a lot of great stuff there. I feel bad about my predicament, 
but I felt good about who I was. And so when you get to that spot where you say, I'm good, like, I, I don't know all the rest around me, but I know this, I'm good. And I'm going to keep moving forward and doing good and doing the next best thing I can do. Then yeah, it is okay for me to ask for help. And here's another thing. It's not okay for you to deny someone else the opportunity to make them feel better. Take a moment and hear this out. Haven't you ever had someone say to you, oh my gosh, Wayne, could you help me figure out how to change this light? I don't know how to do it. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's so easy. I'm happy to help you. I do this all the time. But fixed. And they're like, you just saved me. Thank you so much. When you don't ask someone to help you, you're denying that person the opportunity to feel good, to say, I just did good in the world today. It might've been small. I might've left a review. I might've asked you know, another person for an intro. I might've changed a light bulb. But to that other person, it made their day. Like, don't deny people that opportunity. We can't presume for other people how they're going to feel. We can gift them the opportunity. And if they say, I'm busy, I can't help. Cool, totally get it. And best luck, have a great day. Keep it moving. But give people the chance to say, you know what? There is something I can do. And that's going to make me feel really proud of who I am. And in these hard times that we're in right now, give people that gift. I love that. Those are two great insights. The white space and the fact that so few people do it. That's a really cool point that I haven't heard before. And right, robbing someone of joy. Thank you. That, that, yeah, that's, that really helps. Thanks. All right, well, that let's is... see if you take the action step tomorrow and ask for help. That's I think right. you do. That's I'm right. Set a 24 hour limit. Thank you, Heather. <laughs> You're on the clock. It has started. I am. That is such Thanks. a huge point. I've realized that because I do a lot of work in a social impact space. And, you know, I actually reached out to you, Heather, and you made some key intros for me, which I appreciate. Thank you again. Um, and, and what I came to realize was, oh man, am I asking people to, to do a favor for me? Am I calling in my shots? It's like, no, you're giving them an opportunity to serve you, which is a win for them. Also, it's not a win lose or a, a no sum game, you know? The, the more good things that are being put out into the world, the more value that's being created, the more that will return to you. And I'm a firm believer in that. So I, I love that you highlighted that part about asking for help. It's like, it's not a, like asking for help isn't only about you. Like, yes, you are the one that needs to step up and stand out for it, but there are multiple people that are touching this that are, that are going to benefit. Um, all right, we're going to ask one more question. And we actually talked about this, Wayne, I'm going to ask it on your behalf. We were talking about this idea of the alter ego and how that can interface with your confidence? Is that authentic? Is that a proxy for motivation? Curious to hear your thoughts on what an alter ego might do. And then in the meantime, I'm going to be putting a prompt in the chat and go ahead and respond to it. And we'll ask for one person to share their story um, related to the topic uh, after this question is answered. Okay. But give me, tell me a little bit more, because I don't understand the question clearly enough is sure. um, around alter ego. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So you know how someone puts on an alter ego where it's like, they're um, you know, they have a big, you know, they're a speaker, right. And they're going on stage like, oh, this is speaker Heather. And you kind of change your demeanor. You change the way you relate with yourself. How much of that is valuable and authentic versus just a means or a bandaid. Okay. So I remember learning about this when I was younger, I heard Beyonce, which everybody knows who Beyonce is. If you don't honestly just go turn on the radio, get back to me tomorrow. But so Beyonce has an alter ego called Sa Sasha Fierce. Right. And so when I heard Beyonce had an alter ego, I'm like, if that girl who is the beast of all like killing the game, she's at the top of the top, right? She's number one. If she needs an alter ego to go out there and do what she does, which I'm in awe of, I'm a huge fan, maybe I should try that. Now I'm going to give you a very upsetting alter ego that I took on, but just because it's going to make <laughs> you laugh. 
I'll never forget, I was called in to do an interview in New York City. It was like last minute thing, it was an international news program. And on the way up in the Uber there, they said, hey, this lady is tough as nails. You don't know her. You don't know what you're walking into. I said, well, expand on what you're saying. They said, she might try to attack you because you're American and it could get ugly. And I said, okay, thanks for the heads up. I hung up and I thought to myself, who do you know in the world that when asked a question they don't want to answer can handle it really well? And for whatever reason, Donald Trump came into my mind and he is asked, or you know, back when he was president, asked all the time questions he didn't want to answer. And he would find a way to flip it on people, right? So I thought, channel your inner, inner Donald Trump, channel your inner Donald And I kept saying that to myself on the way up. I get into the interview, it's going great. And she says, okay, Heather, well, um, now that we've answered a lot of the questions about the US, which I'm American, she said, I'd like you to answer some more questions about Europe and beyond. What are the stats on? And she starts asking me stats on different, I don't have, I'm not an international <laughs> person, right? I have no idea. So I, so I channeled my inner Donald Trump and I, I practiced for it in my mind. I said, great question. However, a better question would be this. Why don't we get into the details on how we fix the problem in the US, which is where my expertise lies. And I'd like to answer that one. And I kept moving forward. Like I literally channeled my inner Donald Trump. I just kept going. And at the end, when I finally had answered the question, she looked at me and she said, that was an amazing answer and an excellent point. Thank you so much for doing that. And so it all came together and worked out in the end. But I guess the point of it is, is that if Beyonce needs to channel someone sometimes to get herself out to like give the best show ever, then I think there's nothing wrong with it. Yes. In an ideal situation, we would all want to be confident enough in who we are, that we can show up as ourselves. And that's the ideal. But I'm not in my ideal every moment. I walk into international interviews sometimes and I'm nervous because I don't have answers for what's happening internationally, right? So we're going to walk into situations. We're not always going to have the answer. Take that moment to think, who could I channel in this moment so that I can be the best version of me to push through those uncomfortable positions? That's huge. I love that advice. Yeah, it's there's, there's a confidence, like a perceived confidence to that. And, um, and it's just brilliant, you know, the way that you can leverage your skills instead of, you know, fall into your weaknesses. Like that's all we're here to do is to double down on our skills. So if someone puts us in a position where those aren't being displayed, then let's reroute this and find a way to get creative so that it becomes more about, Hey, this is what I can speak on. This is what I am good at. And you should, and you should have known that. Right. And, and let's, let's fix this. Um, so I love that. It's a beautiful point. Dina Joe put it in the chat, you know, could that alter ego be the better you that you've not become yet? You know, that kind of aspirational self. I think that Beyonce uh, example kind of, um, you know, covers that. But and anything to wrap up this alter ego thought um, before moving on? Yeah, I just, I really believe there's nothing wrong with it. There's some people will say like, no, just be you. I, I am going to tell you personally, there are countless times in my career when I channeled that alter ego and, and it really, for me, it goes back to Beyonce, but you can pick someone else that you can look to. Like I've watched her specials on Netflix and I realized when she walks out on that stage, she's not being her, she's being mm. Sasha Fierce. And the more I see that, the more it tells me that next massive stage that I'm taking, I can remember her and remember she killed it. And that's why I know I'm going to kill it too. So, you know, you can really draw that strength from somebody else, which is really powerful. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Cool. All right. So let's move on to an audience share. It looks like Wayne um, has 
something to share. Is there anyone else that wants to jump in, um, you know, kind of reflecting on their personal experience of having experienced a pain that transformed them, you know, them in a certain way and into being more powerful? Um, because Wayne, you've already asked a question I'd like to share. Um, Cameron, is that you volunteering? You want to share? Or is that it? Yeah, go for it. Tell us, tell us how has pain turned into power for you? Uh, I mean, I, I would say I grew up very, uh, not someone that would go try a lot of things. Um, and ended up in a pretty cool position to be able to be the personal assistant for one of my favorite volleyball players. Um, as he tore his knee leading into the 2016 Olympics and he made it to the Olympics. Uh, they were in the bronze medal match on the cusp of losing. He comes in, ends up uh, coming off the bench and kind of turns the whole game around. They won the bronze medal. And so going from that point, he being a little bit older, decided he wanted to transition to beach volleyball and uh, called me up. was like, Hey, I'd love to have you as team member. Number one, uh, we want to hack beach volleyball. <laughs> and Needless to say, over, we had the whole summer planned out. It was a pretty cool sounding experience. We had four years to pull it off, um, but we ended up having very different visions. And uh, one of the things he really wanted was a mobile training room to imitate what he'd had as an indoor athlete. And that ended up with an RV, which led to the kind of less than glamorous parting that we had. Uh, where he wanted me to drive this RV to a practice he was having with uh, two of the previous beach volleyball Olympians. And uh, they were practicing in Manhattan Beach. Anyone that's not familiar with Manhattan Beach, it's in LA, has a lot of very steep hills, and the streets are not very wide. Uh, it's not a very good spot to be driving a, a long RV. And I was worried about bottoming it out. And very much said, like, I do not want to do this. Let's not do this. I have no idea where to park this, uh, but ultimately he made the decision for me to take it up anyways. And I ended up scraping the side of this thing on a truck and was pretty upset. Uh, and that led to a conversation where ultimately, uh, I don't know if I technically got fired. I think it was more of a mutual parting, um, but that experience, having spent a lot of time in volleyball, uh, 24 seven for a good many years kind of opened my mind to, you know what, what else is there in life? There's, there's gotta be more things, more ways to add value. And so from there, I've hopped into a lot of very more crazy things. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of this circumstance, right. Where you had this idea of what your life was and where you wanted to go and kind of this exciting opportunity that just didn't materialize how you wanted it to it kind of came to a point and then on the back end of it, you know, it sounds like, you know, that was a number of years ago. Right. So now you can kind of reflect back on that and say, you know what, I would still be, you know, in the volleyball space if that hadn't happened. And that's not correct for you. Question, question. Yes. Heather Monahan. <laughs> Cameron, I want to say something to you. Number one, I'm super proud of you for speaking up here right now. Right. So as someone who grew up timid, it's not always the easiest thing to raise your hand and share your story. So I just want to say, number one, I'm proud of you. And anyone who speaks up in any venue that's new, listen, that takes balls and confidence. 
And I love that. So I'm just letting you know, I'm your champion who's right here cheering you on. And every moment you're either creating confidence within yourself or chipping away at it. And when you have something to say, like raise your hand and add that value because you're going to touch somebody else and help someone else. So thank you. The other thing that I'm really proud of you for is you raised your hand to that guy who was an idol to you, someone that you were a fan of. And you were like, you know what? This isn't for me. Speaking your truth, even in tough moments, that's confidence, right? Like that's who you are. And that's another moment that you're building confidence and resilience in yourself. And even though you ended up going along with it, you already knew this is not, this is not what I'm meant to do. This is not where I'm going to voice my opinion. I'll go through with it because it's my job and I'm going to be supportive, but this wasn't for me. And you already knew that you spoke that truth into the universe. And so things were already playing out the way they were meant to. And I'm, I'm just really proud of you for the steps that you're taking to put yourself first, to speak your voice. And um, I can tell the right doors will open for you. Thank you. They already are and they continue. They will continue to open. Thank you for sharing, Cam. All right. We are just about at the end of this. So thank you for an incredible event. Um, thank you for the awesome conversation. I'm very grateful for this community. And until next time, everyone, remember to be better together. That was about turning pain into power with Heather Monahan. Heather is a phenomenal professional with so much more wisdom to share. I highly encourage you check out her new book, Overcome Your Villains, which I have linked in the description of this episode. What really stood out to me about today's conversation was that our experiences are very similar. We all feel pain. We all have doubts and insecurities. But when you commit to letting your voice be heard and you ask for help when you're at your very lowest, you'll discover highs and opportunities that you didn't even know existed. If you wanna be a part of our next live community event, then click the link in the description and provide your email to join the Better Together email list so that you're notified about all community happenings. There's going to be a lot more going on than live podcast episodes, and you won't want to miss out on it. But as for today, you did it. You showed up for yourself, learned something new, or at the very least, strengthened what you've come to understand, and you are better because of it. I'm Brian Ford, and I am proud of you. You grew today. Let's do it again tomorrow on Self-Improvement Daily.